0: Welcome to the EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show and founder of EQ Minds, where we empower you to take care of your mental health and well-being. Today, I am joined by Lucas Owen. Lucas is Australia's leading biohacker with over seven years of experience researching and experimenting with nootropics and other performance-enhancing compounds. He is extremely motivated to discover something big for science that can benefit millions of people globally. Lucas offers cutting-edge health content ranging from nutrition research to hormone research and nootropic research that 99.9% of the world has never heard of. In today's episode, we delve into the world of biohacking. We will explore its definition, who it's for, and our latest innovations from the Amsterdam Conference. We'll discuss psychobiotics, blue light blocking glasses, and the risks of unsupervised supplement use. Lastly, Lucas will reveal his three daily biohacks for mental health. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's get started. So it gives me so much joy today to welcome Lucas Owen to the show. Lucas, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Chelsea. I'm glad to be here.
0: I was really excited for this chat, to be honest, because I wanted to start with, you know, defining biohacking and also what inspired you to become a a biohacker.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a a pretty fascinating question. I mean, biohacking to me is the art of changing the environment around you and inside you through diet, supplementation, uh, lifestyle, exercise hacks. So, that you can essentially take control of your biology. Um, So, the the way I like to put it is for those around you that you see that are performing at their peak continuously, you know, there's a pretty good chance that they're deploying some form of biohacking into their regime.
0: And does it always have to do with a device or is it like these practical tools that you can do, as it's almost termed as a biohack?
1: Yeah. So the most extreme form of biohacking is like inserting chips into your body and doing some all sorts of crazy experiments. But for the everyday person, that's not really accessible. And so biohacking can also fall a little bit short from that and incorporate things like, you know, eating certain foods at certain times of the day, such as like, you know, eating kiwi fruit before bed, because that helps with sleep, or perhaps, you know, walking 15 minutes after a meal to improve digestion so yeah really that term is um thrown around a lot but it, it, hopefully it doesn't scare off too many people
0: and <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good that's good you broke that down because you know I always think like oh my gosh is biohacking for everyone or do we need to like really nail the fundamentals first because you know if people they there eating burgers but wearing blue light blocking glasses and they're thinking that they're killing it when it comes to their health you know it, is it is it important that they, I guess they start, right, with the simple foundational pillars?
1: Yeah, exactly. So like um, pulling, upon, pulling upon the the largest levers. So for example, instead of looking at, you know, highly sophisticated health tech devices, first of all, maybe consider dialing in your sleep, your nutrition, managing your stress and incorporating some form of exercise. So really I look at those as the foundational things and then we can also consider you know, once we've mastered the basics, that's when, you know, if you're looking for that 1% boost in one particular area, that might be, uh, you know, 1% increase in energy or a 1% improvement in, in sleep. That's where these like sort of like a nifty little tricks and health hacks can really come into play.
0: That's amazing. What would be your, I don't know, like your top biohack for sleep I always think sleep for me is like my number one pillar. What would be your top biohack for that?
1: Well, one thing that's working really well for not only myself but also a number of other people in the in the biohacking and wellness space is actually mouth taping. Mm-hmm. Have you come across that?
0: <laughs> I have. It's so funny. Uh, my husband bought those little tapes and they got the little lips and our eight-year-old was getting right into it. Uh, but I couldn't do it. It caused me anxiety because I felt like my chest got quite laboured and stuff like that. Uh, but Jay, my husband and Clara are going to sleep with like these little lip um, stickers on their mouths at night. It was super cute. Uh, yeah. And that's, I guess, great for nasal breathing and things like that. Is that why? Yeah,
1: Yeah. so the premise behind that is um, to eliminate mouth breathing. So we want to be, you know, breathing through the nasal cavity throughout the night because that's important for you know, blood flow, circulation, oxygenating the brain. Um, And so that's like a, you know, a really simple biohack for someone who maybe has never tried it before and maybe they, without realizing, are actually breathing through their mouth during their sleep. And just by correcting that one small, you know, fix there, we can see a pretty dramatic increase in both REM sleep and deep sleep and also like restfulness upon awakening. Um, so that's definitely number one. Number two would be, funnily enough, actually slightly inclining your bed. Mm. Um, so this is known as inclined bed therapy. Uh, and this is pretty well researched in terms of assisting with like lower back pain. If somebody experiences lower back pain, helping with circulation um, and also minimizing reflux or heartburn during mm. the nighttime. So like inclining the the head and Of your bed with your with this with the textbooks of the subjects you hated the most (laughs) works quite well
0: and if you do wake up you've got the textbook there just to sift through and to put you straight back to sleep that's cool that's cool i love that so you just recently got invited to speak at the biohacker summit in amsterdam like that's amazing mate like well done to you for being invited to speak there i think that's just incredible I would love to know what were the latest innovations that you saw and the breakthroughs coming out of that conference?
1: Yeah, so probably the one standout, you know, facet there would be technology that's de- that's designed to minimize EMF radiation. So uh, we now know that, uh, you know, EMF from electronic devices, routers, computers, mobile phones can actually affect human biology there's a lot of research indicating that 5g frequencies can actually penetrate you know our biological systems and actually affect our health it's pretty well documented now so at the conference there was a company called waveguard um, and they have specific um, shields that you can put around your house um, and what they are designed to do is not block emfs they're basically designed to disperse The emf frequency so that they're not instead of it being like a like a really strong sniper rifle into Mm -hmm. the body it sort of disperses it into like a sort of like a weak shotgun so it's like less damaging for the human body
0: wow did you buy some for your house
1: uh so they're they're sending me a shield at the moment it's actually developed in germany and i actually spoke to the founder well i connected closely with the founder of the company who got inventor of the year in europe so that's he's cool yeah
0: that's awesome anything else kind of blew you away
1: yeah there was some other i mean there's other companies there selling different um meditation assisting devices so those things that are basically activate the vagus nerve so there's specific you know wearable health devices that can activate the vagus nerve wow. um which it's got nothing to do with Las Vegas, for those wondering. <laughs> <laughs> the Vegas nerve, you're probably you're familiar with. Chelsea is, is important for that rest and digest pathway, mm-hmm. um, and that parasympathetic tone. So that was also pretty interesting. And then also there's like a range of different um, red light devices as well, which if you had a look around my apartment, I mean, I've got pretty much like red lights all over my entire apartment at night time. So um, this entire apartment is basically red wow. everywhere.
0: Wow, yeah. that's super cool because that also helps stimulate serotonin, is that why?
1: Yeah, and uh, the sleep quality improvements are uh, <laughs> night and day, no pun intended, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so nighttime comes, like 8 p.m., you know, we've heard before turning off half your lights is super horrific for the brain. So say your lights go off, your red lights come on,
1: mm-hmm is that the so like, yep so like i've got a timer so like my red lights come on at 6 p.m and like all 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 other lights are deactivated they're not engaged and so mm. then the only tricky bit is cooking steak with the red lights on that's that's probably the only chance
0: <laughs> you can't tell whether it's rare or that's classic <laughs> So I heard you speak before on someone else's podcast around these psychobiotics as well, and that kind of really piqued my interest too. Could you just let us know what they are and why they potentially are crucial, right, for our mental well-being?
1: Yeah. So most people have heard of probiotics, which are you know generally good bacteria for our gut. Um, but this whole phrase, known as psychobiotics, or this new term, um, is basically looking at specific gut bacteria that can affect the brain and specifically affect neurotransmitters in the brain, influencing things like mood, motivation, anxiety, um, and other aspects of cognition. So I think it's an area, Chelsea, that I'm really excited to see more research on. And it's also, I think, in 2023, perhaps even early 2024, uh, I, I think we'll have better understanding about how we can leverage psychobiotics for very specific mental health issues, things mm-hmm. like specifically like autism, OCD, bipolar, or just, you know, relatively rare mental health issues. Um, so, yeah, psychobiotics I think is something that people should just keep their eyes out open for.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool because we have seen that mega trend of gut health and mental health come through and so... It's brilliant that the, that the scientists and the doctors globally are kind of looking more into that gut health for mental mm. health. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so then now we're back in the night time again because I'm obviously <laughs> fastidious about my sleep. Your thoughts on blue light blocking glasses. Do they yes. really work? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I've actually got two more on their way being sent to me. So I'm actually, I test out a bunch of different, like blocking glasses as you do as a biohacker um <laughs> but i must admit chelsea this was probably the very first biohack that i started implementing probably about seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. when they just and they were really ugly back in the day they were just not stylish at all they were just like really you know they were massive they they looked like i was wearing um Like I was a like sort of tradie with like some protective eyewear, Um, but in all honesty, blue light blocking glasses have been a mainstay in my sleep hygiene because they work. They really do work. Even though you know, there's maybe not a lot of specific literature on blue light blocking glasses and sleep quality. Um, We do know that by blocking out artificial blue light, artificial white light. it's going to help with melatonin production. And so one thing that I recommend to people is if they wear them about three hours before bedtime, um, usually, you know, after the second or third hour, you will notice getting a little bit more relaxed and more sleepy. So Mm. it's definitely a a winner in my books.
0: (laughs) And do you see it on your devices as well? Like if you've done your own little study on yourself where you wear them and then you don't wear them and see what your aura ring or your WIP device or however you track your sleep, what it says the next day?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've done, I've done, I mean, when I had my aura Ring, which was, geez, many, many years ago, three years ago, I was, you know, undergoing relentless experiments with that sort of stuff. And there was always an improvement in sleep efficiency, so mm. less nighttime awakening. So I didn't wake up as many times throughout the night. Um, and funnily enough, an improvement in sleep duration as well. So That's cool. Um, Yeah.
0: That's really, really cool. I like that because I think it's nice to go and see what the literature is saying and then you go and check it on your own body because our bodies don't lie to us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, They, you know, a lot of people are out there taking supplements and vitamins and and actually without any proper guidance or or knowledge, but they just Mm. think it's going to be doing a good thing for them anyway. What are your thoughts? Are there risks (laughs) around that?
1: This is a, a really important point. Um, as with drugs versus over-the-counter supplements, um, most important thing to note here is just because something is over-the-counter doesn't necessarily mean it's perfectly safe to use, and there, you know there's no side effects. Because you know we're seeing a number of people report side effects associated with perhaps taking too much of a specific vitamin. So a great example, which will be highly relevant to your audience will be um, vitamin B6. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is taking vitamin B6 as part of their B complex or their multivitamin and they're taking, let's say, more than 50 milligrams per day mm-hmm. for m- like months on end, this can result in um, actually nerve damage. There's actually a warning label on these on these vitamin supplements, wow.
0: um,
1: which is something that people need to just watch out for. Vitamin B6 in particular is the one vitamin that, even though it's considered water soluble, can actually become toxic in if used in too much in too high amounts. Oh,
0: well, that's really good to know. That's really really good to know because mm. I think that's what's so crucial, right? To go and get your blood work done and go see the proper experts in the space, like the doctors or the um, integrative doctors or the natural people that are actually dialed into this space. That yeah, mm. that they can check your blood to make sure that that you're not taking anything that's actually going to do more harm than good yeah. I suppose
1: yeah exactly and, and that's also taking an objective uh, analysis of your health instead of it being very subjective you know self-reporting that's where it's like okay let's look at what the data set let's look at literally what data says we're like relying upon objective analysis of your biology so mm-hmm. that's definitely first and foremost my number one recommendation for the clients that I work with
0: it's amazing how often do you get your blood work done
1: uh up to three times a year it's actually not as much as people might think I would, but if I was living somewhere else where it was a bit more accessible, I'd probably do it even more often mm. uh, but I've got a pretty good idea where where most of my um, hormones and vitamins sort of sit on the reference range, so yeah, probably like <laughs> probably like three times a year
0: yeah that's 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 good. That's what do you recommend for other people?
1: At least twice a year.
0: At least twice a year. That way you can pick up deficiencies and make sure your body's humming along beautifully.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, we get our car serviced, right, at least (laughs) once a year. (laughs) We should be getting our body serviced (laughs) at least once a year, preferably twice. Exactly. Uh, Lucas, I could talk to you for hours, mate. Um, I think, you know, this is obviously a mental health podcast and I want to finish up around your three biohacks that you do every day to take care of of your mental health and well-being?
1: Yeah, first and foremost um, is social connection, like all of these different biohacks. I mean, I started experimenting with supplements from a very young age and I was looking for things that can help with mood and motivation, which they definitely did help. But what I've noticed is having the right people around me um, who inspire me and motivate me can be more, more effective than, you know, a supplement to increase motivation. So that's number one. Um, number two is practicing some form of gratitude, you know, at least I, I say appreciation, not expectation. So I just focus on that quite a lot lately nice. as a just like, you know, nice mental health practice. And then, um, yeah, number three is like trying to focus on philanthropic behaviors a lot. Like, I mean – just trying to give from the heart as much as I can wherever, wherever I see an opportunity, just try and give from the heart. So, that's yeah. That's
0: beautiful. That's really, really lovely. They do say that, right, with happiness. Like you want to get happy, we kind of have to get outside of our own head and go do something mm. to someone else, do something for someone else, serve them, where they can never repay you. And that's kind of where your happiness will flow over. Yeah. So I love that, Lucas. That's brilliant. Where to from here, mate? Where can our audience find out more about what you're doing, all the great work you're doing out there in this space?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. So they can find me at boostyourbiology.com. That's my my brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And also check me out on YouTube if you want to gain free health advice or information, not advice. Um, That's Boost Your Biology.
0: That's awesome. I'll drop that into the show notes as well. Lucas, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great to finally meet you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Chelsea. And um, yeah, we'll definitely have to stay in touch.
0: This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.